the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Welcome to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life, from health and wellness to professional development to personal well-being. Changemakers join me to share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself, and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. Now, let's start talking. Do you have trouble staying motivated in your quest for transformation? According to today's guest, Jensen Chera, in order to achieve mental and emotional success, you have to develop a daily spiritual practice. Jen is an author, success coach, and motivational speaker. She is the creator of the Badass Book Series. Welcome, Jen. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. So, Jen, you know firsthand what it takes to transform a life as you had to do the hard work on your own. Tell us a little bit about what got you started on the journey of helping people to live an empowered life. I got started because I found such incredible results when I went through my own transformation. And I truly believed that if I could do it, anybody could because I was so mired in my negative crap for so long. And once I made the decision to turn it around, uh, it actually worked. So I figured I had to share that information with as many people as I could. So, Jen, what was your life like during that time? Well, I basically was in my 40s. And I had a great life, don't get me wrong. Like, very blessed to have the life I've had. But I was always incredibly, incredibly broke. And I just I just had this money story that was such a bore. And... Um, I found myself in my 40s living in a garage, make, you know, making hardly any money, really struggling. And, you know, not only, you know, it's no fun to be broke, but also just feeling like so down on myself and sad that, you know, this is the best I can do. It was just incredibly frustrating. And so I made the decision to not be that person anymore. And I started reading self-help books and going to coaching seminars and, you know, anything I could do to learn about money and learn about mindset, I did and um, started turning the ship around. Jen, do you think it's our story about money that keeps us stuck? I do. I think it all starts with mindset because every action you take is based on what you believe. So if you believe that money is evil or that you suck at making money or that the economy sucks, you're going to take very different actions than if you believe that um, making money is fun and good and that you can do it because other people have done it. You know, you'll take very different actions if those are your beliefs. All starts with what's going on in your mind. So somebody's listening to you right now, and maybe that person has a negative type of story around money, and, and that person's now saying, well, wait a minute, just changing my thoughts about money, how does that make me rich? Because it propels you to do different things and to look for different things. So if you believe that money is evil, then you will look for proof that that's true. And don't get me wrong. People do horrible things out of greed. Mm -hmm. But money itself does awesome things every single solitary day for everybody. Right. So if you want to prove that, you know, people are greedy and that people do horrible things for money, there is no end to the amount of proof you can find for that. But if you've decided that you are going to allow yourself to get rich and allow the possibility that money does wonderful things every day, then you will start to look for proof of that. 
So that's one way it changes. And then also, as I said, it changes your actions that you take. You know, if you believe it's wrong to make money, even if it's subconscious, you're you're not going to let yourself go out and do it. And I know a lot of people who, you know, I'm surrounded by really good people. And I know a lot of people who who like to put good out in the world and they like to help others and they like to be in service. And most of those people have the belief that they really shouldn't be getting paid for that. Like it should be something they should Mm. be doing because they're a good person. So how do you get around that? Why is that mutually exclusive? I just don't (laughs) even understand that because we've made money wrong, right? Yeah. Because if you question that belief, so if I'm helping people, I should not get paid for that. It's a complete devalue of yourself and the work that you put out. To that point, I think one of the the greatest gifts in life is to be able to earn a living doing something positive. I, I don't think there's anything Absolutely. better than that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and listen, I am a fan of doing things pro bono and charity work and all that stuff, but I am not a fan of devaluing what your gift is to the world and, and, you know, being exhausted all the time and working yourself to the bone because you either refuse to charge or charge so little that you're constantly stressing out. So allow the abundance in, allow yourself to take care of yourself, and then you can take care of a lot more people. So we're talking about the importance of a mindset shift And, you know, to this point, we've been talking a little bit in generalities, but if somebody wants to actually do this, what's a strategy that Mm -hmm. that person can implement right now that can make a difference in his or her life? First, making the decision to change. I can't stress how important that is. It sounds so simple and stupid, but because when you make the decision to make the change, when all of your um, defenses come up and all your reasons why not come up, if you've made that decision, you're like, okay, I see you and I'm still going to make the change. So. The decision is key. Start reading self-help books like, you know, there's no end to books out there by people who can walk you through this stuff so you don't have to figure it out on your own. And, you know, surround yourself with other people who are kicking butt, especially who are doing what you would like to be doing with their lives. Um, Who you surround yourself with greatly affects uh, how you see the world and what you believe, you know get a mentor, you know, take, take whatever actions you can take to, to turn it around. Don't just keep doing the same stuff and sort of hope that things are going to change. Many people settle for less than what they're capable of achieving because they have this fear of the unknown. They're, they're afraid to change something because they don't know what would happen. And there are all those what ifs. How were you able to face your fears and transform everything about your life? I got very wrapped up in my results. I I really spent time focusing on the specifics of what the change, what the changes would look like. And so I got really excited about it. So as I said, my big struggle was around money. So I got very excited about the feeling of ease and freedom that having money would bring into my life and all of the wonderful things that I could do once I had some money. So it was an emotional thing. And I think it's really important to stay attached to the emotions of the change that you seek to make in your life. And you get attached to the emotions by getting very clear on the specifics of what it's going to look like. So in the process of visualizing and imagining what you'd be going through when you achieve what it is you want, that's what keeps you motivated in the downtime. Exactly. And it's what will help you push through the terror of doing the, all the new things and the unknown things that you're going to have to do if you want to make change. Jen, in your book, you write about low vibe phrases. What is a low vibe phrase? And can you give us some examples? Yeah, you know, well, first of all, complaints are low vibe phrases. So mm-hmm. for me, it was always I can't afford it. Um, you know, slamming rich people every chance I got. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> talking about how hard it was to make money, you know, those, you know, look at what's coming out of your mouth, especially around the thing that you say that you want to change. That's huge. Um, And it's also a great compass to help you realize, okay, these are the beliefs I've got and they're not helping me. What could I possibly shift my focus to that would help me out of this rut? So um, we all have our own specific low vibe phrases, but also the word want and try and um, can't, you know, really look out for those phrases and shift them to more powerful ones like I am, I love, I can. Little things like that 
they all carry energy. So paying attention is very important. And in addition to that, you say that we need to create a spiritual gym. What does a spiritual Mm -hmm. gym include? It's basically um, all these, this, a practice that gets you, that keeps you strong because motivation and tenacity and belief systems are all muscles that we need to strengthen. And so if you're living in a certain quote unquote reality and you're surrounded by people who have certain belief systems and you've been living an entire life with certain belief systems and you desire to change them, you have to strengthen those muscles. So a spiritual gym practice, as I call it, is reading the self-help books. And this is something you do every single damn day because just like when you get into shape physically, you got to keep showing up to keep strengthening and stay in shape. So Find a self-help book that is really helpful and figure out how much are you going to read it five minutes a day, 10 minutes a day? When are you going to read it? Are you meditating? When are you going to do that? For how long and where? Um, What music are you listening to? Stuff that lifts you up or makes you want to split your wrists? Who are you hanging out with? Do you have a mastermind partner? Do you have a coach? You know, do you exercise? What, What is it that energizes you? And you've got to put a specific practice together and you have to do it every single day. And I'm talking... Even 10 minutes a day can make a huge difference in your life. And everything you're talking about, you know, it it requires taking ownership of your life. It requires putting the effort in and the time in, and it requires eliminating all of the excuses that we tell ourselves for the reasons why we can't do the things that you're suggesting we do. Mm -hmm. And that's why this whole thing of staying attached to the vision of the result is critical because those excuses have been around a long time and they've served us very well to keep us exactly where we are. And a lot of them are very justifiable, right? Like it's very responsible to do what we're doing. We're doing the safe, smart thing. Meanwhile, going for your dreams can seem crazy and irresponsible and whatever. So you've got to really hold fast to the feeling of excitement around your desired result because those excuses will come in so fast and knock you down if you don't. You know, I'm I'm listening to you and I was for 43 years of my life I was one of those people who played it safe who was in her comfort zone who made excuses and and really believed all of the things I told myself why mm-hmm. I couldn't do something and it took a complete upheaval of my life for me mm-hmm. to learn that everything you're saying It's absolutely true because I've done it all. And that is when you see transformation. It's when you get to know who you are. It's when you come into your power and you really can make things happen if you push those excuses aside and do the work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But we love to cling to them because it's safe and known and familiar. Meanwhile, we got one shot at life on planet Earth and... You know, and and I don't and I don't believe that everybody has to make a million dollars and get their own television show. You know, whatever lights up your heart. That's what we're talking about. And that's all that matters. And and just really starting to live your life and 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 stop staying what I say in the waiting room of of your life, waiting for something Mm -hmm. to happen to go out and make it happen. Right. So you say that we should learn how to let feelings take over for logic in guiding some of our decisions. And most people do the opposite of that. So explain to us what Mm -hmm. you mean about letting feelings take over for logic. I think they're both very important. I'm a fan of the brain and the logic and education and all that stuff. But my point with that is we do it at the cost of our intuition and our emotion because we value the brain and logical thinking in our society. So I'm hoping people will embrace this other incredibly powerful side of ourselves that we discredit. You know, the gut. How many times have we said I should have listened to my gut? So practicing. We've got we've got the logical side down for the most part. I'm hoping people are going to learn how to strengthen their relationship with their intuition Mm -hmm. because that's the connection to the heart that we were just talking about. And that's the part of us that we tend to push aside. I I believe most of us know what's right for us, but we don't pay attention to it. Exactly. And there are no excuses in that side of ourselves, right? The logical brain has lots of excuses and lots of experience and why it's not going to work and all that stuff. But our intuition doesn't have any of that. So that's why it's so powerful. And sometimes it goes against logic. 
Exactly. Most of the time it does. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jen, a few moments ago, we were talking about complaints and excuses that people use. And I forgot to ask you this. Is it a good practice for us when, when we have all of these excuses to figure out a way to transform them into motivation that can enable us to take action? Yeah, our excuses are our best buddies. When, when you make that decision to change your life, you have an excellent place to start by listening to what comes out of your mouth and being like, oh, you know, because it's all about specifics. So for me, the phrase that came out of my mouth on a, you know, every 15 minutes was I can't afford it back in the day. And I was like, all right, I am sick of having that be my truth. So that I, I forced myself to shift every time I wanted to say I can't afford it. I made myself say money flows to me easily and freely, even though, you know, I had a lifetime of proof that it didn't. And I was living in a garage. That was the reality I chose. And so even though I didn't quote unquote, believe it right away, it made me feel really excited. And it was something I, I desired. So I started um, clinging to that instead. And it shifted everything for me. It really did. Where did you get the idea for the Badass series? I, um, you know, when I made the decision to start changing my life, I started reading every single self-help book under the sun. And I was extremely snarky about self-help and anything woo-woo. And it, I was too cool for school. And mm -hmm. But I was desperate. So I did, you know, got out of my comfort zone and read them. And I, I mean, there was such incredible information, so many brilliant teachers. But I was like, where is the funny stuff? Where's the curse words? And um, I basically wanted to, because I'm a writer first. So I was like, well, I'm a writer and I'm reading these great books. And I feel like I could write something in my own voice that would reach a whole new group of people who are snarky like I am. And also who would just say this stuff in a different way because, you know, we hear the same stuff over and over and over. And then all of a sudden we have this aha moment because somebody maybe says it in a way that we can finally hear it. So that was my hope for this book, these books. So you're teaching us how to become a badass. If you could describe that person, what does a badass look like? A badass is somebody who gives themselves permission to be, do, and have whatever lights up their heart. The book is You're a Badass Every Day, How to Keep Your Motivation Strong, Your Vibe High, and Your Quest for Transformation Unstoppable. If you'd like to learn more about Jen and her work, you can visit jensincero.com. Jen, thank you so much for joining us and for providing ways that we can learn how to stay motivated in our quest for whatever it is we desire. I love your definition of a badass, and I certainly am going to aspire to be one. So thanks for being here. <laughs> I think you already are. But thank you for having me. <laughs> this, this is Conversations with Joan. Stay with us. We'll be right back. How much can the right foods do for you? A lot more than weight control. The right foods can increase your energy, improve your outlook, and strengthen your body's natural defenses. What foods can do all that? Primo Health Solutions will show you using metabolic typing. This remarkable program lets your body tell you what it needs to work best. Call them today at 347-903-7030. That's 347-903-7030. Or go to PrimoHealthSolutions.com. Using metabolic typing, Primo Health Solutions will let your body work best. Hi, this is Joan Herman. Did you know that Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life publishes a free monthly digital magazine that can be read online or emailed to your inbox? Every month, nationally recognized leaders in their field provide information to educate, inspire, and motivate you. We believe in a holistic approach to life, incorporating mind, body, and spirit. Check out a copy of 24-7 Magazine, visit CYACYL.com, and be sure to tell your friends. live a happy 
happy, productive life, but sometimes we just need a little help. Our Coach on Call experts provide strategies to help you live your best life now. Joining me today is Linda Mitchell, a certified transition coach, reinvention expert, and speaker who empowers people that are stuck, overwhelmed, or ready for change to release the struggle, gain clarity, and evolve to their highest purpose as they move through life's challenges and transitions. Linda is here today to discuss how our issues land in our tissues. Welcome, Linda. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Joan. It's always a pleasure to be here. So, Linda, I love this topic. In past segments, you've touched upon how our issues land in our tissues. Can you explain more about this for us? Yeah, sure. Joan, our physical bodies are an outward representation of our inner landscape. And by inner landscape, I mean the thoughts, feelings, beliefs, and emotions that we hold inside. Unresolved emotions and issues land in our tissues. If we never fully resolve a trauma, maybe never forgive a past hurt or deal with a difficult situation or relationship, if we're sweeping things under the rug, eventually they're going to land in our body tissues. What are a few examples of where different emotional issues and traumas actually land in our physical body? Well, let's take a look at the neck first. The neck reflects lack of choice. When we feel out of control, when we feel like others are controlling us, or if we have a strong desire to always be in control, it's the neck that becomes stiff, rigid, painful, or tense. And how about the shoulders? People who are constantly under pressure or overburdened with responsibility and obligations often have folders in their shoulders, right? So those who are fixated with everything they must do and should do will usually have shoulder issues. Over time, the shoulders feel like they're holding the weight of the world. And so, Joan, if you look at how we spell the word shoulder, it starts with should, S-H-O-U-L-D. We're shoulding on ourselves. Stop shoulding on yourself and your shoulders will feel better. And to take it a step further, the left and right shoulders hold different issues. Show me a person who has chronic left shoulder issues and I'll show you a person who believes they rarely get what they want. Those who tend toward perfectionism and must have structure and order all the time often have right shoulder issues. Now, another big area where issues land is our low backs. The low back holds issues of safety, security, stability, and conflict with authority. Think of a time where your life lacked stability or security, or you were in conflict with someone who had authority over you. This could be anything from the insecurity of financial woes to not being sure if your job is going to be eliminated to feeling insecure in an important relationship. These kind of issues land in the low back. And when we have issues with our feet, that's likely because our foundational beliefs are being tested or we're in conflict with them. The knees, wow, the knees hold so much information. They deserve a dissertation all by themselves. But depending on the knee, which left or right, and if it's top, side, bottom of a kneecap, that's going to determine the specific issue. But very generally speaking, the knees hold fear of commitment, reluctance to allow yourself pleasure, and certain relationship issues. And now the left and the right sides of our body have meaning as well. Our left is our feminine, our feminine side. It's all about creativity, receiving, and thoughts about the future. If you're experiencing a lot of accidents, injuries, or issues on the left side of your body, ask yourself two things. First, how comfortable are you receiving help? Do you struggle with receiving and really prefer to be the one giving? versus receiving gifts, compliments, things like that? And second, do you typically worry or have fear of the future? These issues land in the left side of the body. I see this in moms when their kids go off to school or make major life changes. Fear of the future lands on the left side of the body. Now, on the other hand, the right side of the body represents our masculine side, linear thinking, and thoughts about the past. So issues like Fear of repeating past mistakes or dealing with difficult male relationships will land on the right side of the body. Elbows reflect flexibility issues. TMJ reveals unexpressed resentment. Even facial creases have meaning. Take a look at your family and friends. Anyone have that cute dimple in their chin? Warning, <laughs> they're the people who always like to be right, and they actually need to be right. So I could go on and on because I've only really scratched the surface here. A body speaks its own language, and each body part holds its own story. Body never lies. Linda, what you just described, does that hold true for everyone, men and women alike? 
Actually, yes, it does. Gender doesn't change this at all. But interestingly enough, family of origin and the roles parents played can switch things up a bit. So what can we do in order to feel healthy and hopeful? Well, the answer will differ. Sometimes it's a series of powerful questions in a session that will help people dig deep and consider a new perspective. Sometimes thought-provoking questions can help someone release an old belief, and then it releases from the body as well. Once people learn what's really stuck in their bodies, it's so much easier to deal with it and release it because we can't fix what we're ignoring or not aware of. When we learn to appreciate our bodies and really tune in and listen to its messages and clues, then we can properly identify the root causes. And then we can clear out the old emotions and more rapidly heal physical symptoms as well. Linda, thank you so much for joining us. If you would like to learn more about Linda and her work, you can visit livinginspiredcoaching.com. Or as always, to hear more from Linda, you can visit our website, cyacyl.com slash Linda. We'll be right back. Do you see the value in what you have? I recently made a virtual presentation to a group, and after I was done presenting, we had a discussion about interpersonal relationships. During our conversation, many people expressed concern about how easily they are being replaced. They felt like there was no value given to them and or a relationship by a friend, partner, family member, or employer. Hearing so many people express the same feeling made me start to wonder if we have become a society of disposables. It reminded me of an expression my mother used to say, out with the old and in with the new. This is Joan Herman here with a lesson learned while earning my PhD in life. It's time to see the value in what you have. It seems like just about every aspect of our life today is disposable. We throw away televisions, computers, clothing, phones, food, furniture, and so much more. By contrast, when I was growing up, we fixed everything. There was a neighborhood television repairman. We ate leftovers for dinner. We took our shoes to the local shoemaker for new heels. Baby diapers were cloth, and appliances were kept until they could no longer be repaired. We drove the same car until it died on the road, and marriages lasted until death do us part. While it is true that we have more conveniences and opportunities than our parents and grandparents, I believe our ancestors had something that many of us lack the ability to attach to and appreciate what they had. Today, we want immediate gratification. If it's broken, an old model, or not working the way we want, we simply throw it out and replace it with something new, something shiny and upgraded. Is it possible that we are carrying our new disposable mentality into our relationships? How many people do you know that cut off contact with someone with whom they had a disagreement? They end the relationship and find someone new to fill the void. How many marriages suffer from infidelity because of boredom or not having a particular need met? One spouse moves on to someone new and creates a new family, often breaking ties with their old partner and even their children. How many employers replace or demote an employee for a minor infraction without giving that person a second chance? They hire a replacement. If any of these scenarios sound familiar to you, and I know they do to me, Perhaps it's time to examine how we interact with others. Are we looking for a quick fix? Would we be willing to cut someone out of our life because we are angry? Are we considering replacing a spouse or have already done so before exploring every avenue to repair the relationship? Would we fire an employee without giving it a second thought? If you believe you may have adopted a disposable mentality, Now's the time to make a change. Start nurturing your relationships. Put in the time and do the necessary work. Nothing worth having comes easily. Appreciate and value what you have, material items and relationships, and stop keeping an open eye looking for something better. Empathize with others before taking action. Repair something before tossing it in the trash. If you feel like someone who has been replaced, remember, we can't change or control other people and how they behave, but we can change our behavior. We can change the way we respond and the way we treat others. And little by little, perhaps, our treatment of others may just start a movement in a more positive direction. Who knows? One day, we may learn to treasure the old and forget the new. Thank you for spending this time with me. For more inspiring tips, visit joanherman.com. Do you find it a challenge to put yourself first? Do you feel selfish if you make your life and health a priority? You're not alone. Hi, I'm Lori Gardner, registered nurse, patient advocate, and board-certified health and wellness coach. 
I am the CEO and founder of HealthLink Advocates, a firm dedicated to assisting people to navigate our very complex and confusing healthcare system. We also provide coaching to individuals and groups that want to improve their health and overall well-being. Being responsible for your needs and appreciating yourself is key to overall well-being. Self-responsibility and love is the first of the 12 dimensions in our wellness inventory program. Your wellness is a dynamic process and it is important to discover your real needs and find ways to meet them. Realizing that you are unique and resourceful, as well as being the expert about yourself, is so important. To experience you as your own best friend and remaining faithful to yourself, especially in rough times, is essential for overall well-being. Once you master this dimension of wellness, you have set the foundation to move to other dimensions and start to enhance your well-being and begin to make any needed health behavior changes. We as board-certified health and wellness coaches could assist you in creating the life and well-being you desire. Contact us at healthlinkadvocates.com. with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for staying with us. We all experience pain and we accept it as being human. Pain is such a big player in our lives that we search for ways to relieve it, which often brings more pain. According to today's guest, Guy Finley, we don't need to crumble under our pain. He says that we can learn how to use it in the right way in order to find new power and inner freedom. Guy is the best-selling author of The Secret of Letting Go and 40 other works. He's been a guest on national media and is the founder and director of the Life of Learning Foundation. Welcome, Guy. Thanks for joining us. It is such a pleasure to have you back on the show. Thank you, Joan. You know, I always enjoy our time together. Well, Guy, I, I like this topic because pain is something that we all experience and no one can escape it. But Much of the time, we think that it's just a normal part of life, and we accept it. And it seems like this pain is getting deeper and deeper. If you look at statistics, suicide is up, and people feel lost, and they're anxious, and they're depressed. So what is it that you believe is happening that's making us feel this way? Well, first and foremost, I would say, honestly, that what we do is we resist the pain Mm -hmm. that comes with this life because a part of us and much to answer your question, believes that who and what we are is uh, somehow meant to walk through this life without any suffering at all, and that if we do have any pain, it's because we've missed the mark or otherwise failed to become what whatever it is that we imagined we were supposed to do or to be. And that idea drives us, the idea of becoming something uh, special, recognized, known, loved, whatever it may be, creates a, a kind of back pressure inside of us that we have no awareness of whatsoever uh, because all we know to do is to serve the idea that says we're supposed to be like this and then the pain of not hitting the mark, if you will, uh, validates the pain. So we're caught in a loop where we're convinced on one hand uh, of what we are meant to do, the purpose of our life, and can't reconcile that there's a relationship between this pain that won't go away that we resist and the fact that we have misunderstood the purpose of our life. So that's the main thrust of what I'm talking about. So Guy, when you're going through these difficult times, you know negativity, those thoughts, they prevail. And then those thoughts create emotions and experience, which therefore perpetuate the thoughts. And that's the cycle. So what advice do you offer to help someone become conscious of those thoughts and make a switch? You know, this is a big, a big question, Joan. Let me tell, I know we have precious few moments, so I'll run through this story very quickly. Imagine a man who goes to a third world, fourth world country. To He's an anthropologist. He wants to study open air markets and the interaction of the native people. And so he finds himself uh, on the way to one of these open air markets when over the hill comes something that astonishes him. It's, it's a man uh, and a cart and a donkey, but the donkey has saddled the man and the man is pulling the cart that's full of sugarcane, chickens, and whatever produce is going to market. The anthropologist can't believe his eyes. Uh, how could a donkey saddle a man? So he, knowing the language, he goes and he comes to the man. He says, sir, I, I don't understand. What tradition is this? The donkey's riding you and that you're pulling the cart. And the man looks at him, smiles sheepishly, and says, 
Well, that's the only way I could get the donkey to go to the market. The point here is that we have become saddled with the false belief that somehow or other, living and allowing negative states to tell us who we are and what we have to do by using this whip of pain to produce the results it wants, we, we become a compromised race of beings. We are never meant to be subordinate to our own thoughts and feelings, let alone negative states that define and confine us. Everything, Joan, is upside down. So when you ask, what can we do? It begins with helping to be reminded of the fact that we are not meant to be saddled with useless pain, unworthy, undignified, corruptive, negative thoughts and feelings. Once we understand that, if we can feel the truth of it, then when something tries to mount us and drive us to market, so to speak, we can uh, recognize, experience the presence of that familiar pain in its pattern and understand, all right, look, you are not my boss. I, you don't ride me. In fact, you don't belong in my life, let alone uh, saddling me. So, Guy, once we recognize that pain, then how do we turn it into power? That's the beauty of what we're talking about, Joan. Do I need power if I can wake up and recognize where I'm agreeing to be made powerless? I'm gonna re I'll say it again. If, if my problem is unawareness of the fact that roles have been reversed, I have become the subject of my own thoughts and feelings, and that in that subjugation, I am made to suffer in the pursuit of their ends and goals, do I need to do anything other than become aware of how I have agreed to be made powerless? Isn't the search for power in our lives the attempt to overcome what presently overcomes us? And if we see that what we're overcome by is a mistaken relationship with our own thoughts and feelings, then the moment that awareness grows, so does the powerlessness disappear. So once we see pain for what it is, we're released. Yes, it, it is not our authority. Right. Look, when you have a toothache, God forbid, how many of us know that when we have a toothache, we're not exactly uh, running a four minute mile to get to the dentist, agreed? Mm -hmm. Maybe not for you, for me <laughs> and most people I know. Right. The minute you have some unknown pain mm -hmm. or one that promises to produce more, the last thing you want to do is deal with it. Right. Now, when we don't deal with our consciousness of that awareness of pain, does the pain get better or worse? Well, it goes physically. deeper. That's exactly right. It is rooting itself deeper. Now, we're talking physically right now. And, it, and what is the power by which it is rooting itself deeper into our life, bringing more pain eventually right. than what we've avoided? Right. And the answer is something in us resists the awareness of that pain or problem. Now, take that idea and move it over to psychological or emotional pain. When we have a pain, a sense of disappointment, of being betrayed, of feeling empty, that feeling of pain is in fact a kind of messenger. It is initially a revelation in our own psyche that's trying to reach us and tell us Something is wrong. We're missing the mark. Now, where we go wrong is that when we feel like we're missing the mark and begin to suffer that pain, we listen to the pain tell us what to do to heal us. An example, I'm, I'm struggling because I'm working already 18 hours a day, 90 days a week. I thought it would make me free if I could get financially secure. I got some security, but I still don't feel wealthy enough. So my pain of being completely cut off from life tells me, well, guy, the way to be feel better and get rid of this pain is to do more of what didn't heal you the first time. So we have to learn to be able to see and to listen to the part of us that's trying to tell us, all right, something is out of alignment here, and then have the courage to recognize that the pain that we're experiencing cannot bring an end to itself. We must discover the source of that disconnect, and that lives in our own consciousness. 
Guy, thank you so much for being here with us today. We allow pain to infiltrate every area of our life. And by listening to what you're saying and, and allowing some of your strategies into our life, we can move through it and and really be able to feel more gratitude and, and blessings and joy. So thank you so much for being here. You're very welcome. And let us all agree to learn how to use this pain instead of letting it use us. We'll be right back. Is your life like an amusement park ride that leaves you either breathless or waiting to exhale? Hi, I'm Allison Ayati, owner of Awaken Sound Health. As a child, I remember hearing an adult say that life is a roller coaster and thinking that was the best news ever. As an adult, I often find myself looking for ways to slow this ride down. As a sound therapist, I know that when life leaves me panting or holding my breath, it's time to reset. And the best way I know to do that is with therapeutic sound. John Bellieu pioneered the use of tuning forks to quickly and easily shift your autonomic nervous system back into a state of balance. The two parts of your autonomic nervous system are often characterized as fight or flight and rest and restore. To bring them back into harmony, tuning forks in the perfect fifth interval of the notes C and G can be used. When you hear the perfect fifth interval, you shift into resonance and your autonomic nervous system engages in a newly proportionate way. Whether you get there with the use of therapeutic tuning forks, another form of sound therapy, or through an alternative method, balance is always found in a place of neutrality, where your mind is idling quietly and your body is absent of tension. To learn more about sound therapy or to book an appointment, go to awakensoundhealth.com. Sound therapy is not a replacement for medical or psychological intervention. Lower your expectations to lower your stress level. Hi, this is Angela Vlakonchik, and I'm a stress management specialist from Bridge Management Consulting, offering teachable stress management skills. One definition of stress calls it the difference between what you want or expect to happen and what is actually happening right now. You may have thoughts about what you would like to happen in a certain situation, how you would like your friends and family to act. Maybe you even voice that opinion to your child saying, please don't go out with Chris anymore. You know that person isn't good for you. But when you continue to think about how this event isn't working out the way you think it should, you are creating your very own stress event. It's how you think about a situation that produces the stress response. It's because you want it to be a certain way and it's not. The solution? Lower your expectations. Or better yet, be mindful and don't have any expectations. Have an open mind and don't judge situations negatively if it doesn't result in your desired outcome. You can have preferences, but don't be tied to them occurring in order to be happy and calm. Expect nothing, accept everything. Or as the Buddha said, peace is the death of expectations. For more information on stress relief coaching or webinars, please visit bridgemanagementconsulting.com. Did you know that everything you truly want and need can manifest for you through your own focused intention? Here are six practical and important tips for manifestation. Number one, Make a list of immediate priorities and life goals. Number two, every desire must ring clear without any doubt. Number three, use daily meditation to connect with yourself in the moment. Number four, place your written intentions over your heart. Number five, Write them, sing them, see them, and feel those intentions every day. Six, read about and meet up with like-minded people to support you in the manifestation of your dreams. Allow me, Jill Einschneider, holistic life coach and revolutionary healer, to help you manifest your dreams and goals. Please contact me at www revolutionaryhealer.com or call me at 561-945-4812. The Corona 
coronavirus outbreak has many of us worried about staying healthy. To combat this or any illness, it's important to keep our immune system in top fighting shape. Joining us today to provide tips so we can do that is Mark Anthony, the founder of Prospect Fitness located in Brooklyn, New York. Mark is also the vice president of operations for Diet Typing Systems, an online personal diet therapy system. Welcome, Mark. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Joan. Thank you so much for having me on today. So, Mark, we've been stuck in our house, scared, lonely, sad, and when we have those types of feelings, we may tend to eat junk food or sit on the couch watching TV. How important is proper nutrition and exercise to keeping the immune system strong anytime, but especially now? It's of the most importance at this point in time. Uh, with the current COVID pandemic and how fast it came on, we kind of need to be prepared for anything at this point in time. But you definitely can't let your mis- immune system slide. It's really important to find the personalized diet that works best for you and stick with it and shoot for roughly about 20 to 45 minutes of exercise at roughly about 60% of your top end volume, you don't want to go over because there's actually a study out there that's been proved that if you exercise too much, you can actually risk yourself for greater infection. So you don't want to burn yourself out. What would you say to one of your clients who just says to you, I'm tired, I'm depressed, I don't want to get off this couch. Give us some motivation to get moving. What would you say? One of the big things is try to find the underlying reasons for why that's that's happening. So if one's depressed, um, I would actually try to ask them what foods that have they've been eating to see if there's any foods that were triggering depression. So a lot of the times, like excess starchy foods or sugary foods could actually uh, put somebody into a depressive roller coaster ride. Um, if there is some real emotional stress going on, it might be best to refer them out to a psychologist or somebody that can that can get them going. But then just you know, also it could just be like, hey, um, they need to get off the couch and maybe about 10 minutes of just some light, moderate exercise might be enough to kind of tip the scale for them to feel good. And then if they just keep going for 10 minutes and then increasing to 20 or 30 minutes, they might get back onto the, the track that they were once before. And that's because movement of any kind, it produces more serotonin in the brain, which is that feel good, happy chemical. Absolutely. So Uh, Movement does a lot of things. It clears toxins out of the body. Um, It starts burning up the extra glucose in our our bodies. And too much glucose can set us up for um, adverse health conditions as well. What do you advise we eat and stay away from in order to make the best of this situation? Um, Some of the best foods uh, that are mood uh, producing are things like spinach, mushrooms, pumpkin seeds, uh, asparagus, and uh, a little bit of lamb or liver also work well, as well as uh, almonds and wild salmon as well. So those uh, help improve, have been proven to improve people's moods. Being in close quarters in our home, sometimes we don't really have the space to do some type of exercise, but is there something that you recommend when we're limited on space? You know, there's lots of ways to make what was a common exercise a little bit more difficult. As far as like squats, um, if you all of a sudden just balance on one leg and try to do a squat on one leg, uh, you can make it immensely harder. Also, if you uh, have a step and you put one foot off the side of the step and try to do a body weight step up just from there, the exercise can become harder. If you start holding things in one hand versus the other hand or lifting something with one hand versus two hands, all of a sudden exercises become more increasingly difficult. So there's a range and there's a way of uh, changing your body position or changing how you're holding something that will all of a sudden make that exercise increase in difficulty. So Mark, what's the takeaway regarding food and, and exercise at this time? Definitely keep doing it. Um, it is the most important thing that you can do. You never know when something is going to strike and you need to be ready. Um, the pandemic came on really fast and that's the one thing that I have learned, um, just being here in New York, that you need to, you need to be prepared. So letting yourself go at this point in time is not going to set you up for success for making it through the pandemic and coming out on the other side, feeling your best and being your most healthy. Mark, thank you so much for joining us. If you would like to learn more about Mark or any of his work, you can visit 
prospectfitness.com. Again, that's prospectfitness.com. Or as always, you can visit our website, cyacyl.com. Mark, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, John. The trick is to enjoy life. Don't wish away your days waiting for better ones ahead. I recently stumbled upon this quote by Marjorie Pay Hinckley. Marjorie's words got me to thinking about my life and how I've rushed most of it away, not being fully present or savoring the joy of any moment. Hi, this is Joan Herman here with a lesson learned while earning my PhD in life. Don't wish away your days waiting for better ones. When I was a teenager, I couldn't wait to grow up so I could drink or go to college or even get married. When my children were infants and toddlers, I muddled through most days in anticipation of the evening when they would go to sleep, and I thought about when they would be older and more self-sufficient. When I was the caregiver for my parents, I struggled through those years frazzled and exhausted. When I held job positions that were unfulfilling, I wished for the day that I would find employment that made me happy. Looking back, I can't recall one period in my life in which I wasn't looking ahead to something different or better. The sad thing is that it took tremendous loss to wake me up. The loss of my marriage, the deaths of my parents and siblings, my children growing up and moving on with their lives. Now, I strive to live in the present moment. All those quotes about leaving the past behind and not worrying about the future are so true. When you live in the past or try to anticipate the future, you miss the here and now. So what can you do? When you're dealing with a challenge, look for the positive and learn from the experience. If you're caring for a sick loved one, treasure every minute because I promise you one day you would give anything to nurse that person again. If your children are driving you crazy, remember that sooner than you'll like, they will be moving out and starting their own lives. All the seemingly insignificant moments, both good and bad, are as Paul Anka said, the times of your life. Enjoy them all. Thank you for spending this time with me. For more inspiration and empowering tools, visit joanherman.com. I hope you found the show informative. At Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided is the opinion of our guest and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, cyacyl.com. That stands for Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. While on our site, listen to past shows on demand, read the digital magazine, sign up for our mailing list, and be sure to follow the show on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. The preceding pre-recorded program sponsored by Maximilian Communications, LLC.